What in the hell's diversity? <clears throat> well, I, I could be wrong, but I believe uh, diversity is an old, old wooden ship that was used during the Civil War era. We are more days into 2020 than there are black actors and actresses nominated for Golden Globes in tomorrow night's show. That means less than four. Three, to be exact. Tonight, get those pinkies way up, because on high tea with Monsters, Rebel Scum, and Vigilantes, Hollywood Foreign Press, you have a problem. Part one of a two-episode series. I'm your host, Brett Ashley. Tonight we have one thing to discuss, and it starts with a capital R and ends with acism. And it is the headliner of tomorrow night's Golden Globe Awards. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Some of the nominees and nominations may be surprises, but I prefer to focus on those that were snubbed this year. As I said in our introduction, only three black actors were nominated for any of the awards in tomorrow night's show. We'll go through what those are category by category. Rather than focus on who was nominated or what was nominated, I'd like to spend this show focusing on those who were snubbed, which are largely people of color, and most specifically, black actors, black actresses, black ensemble casts, black writers, films, and television series and streaming series featuring black performances and or black stories. First, let's talk a little bit about who gets to to decide the nominations for Golden Globes. The Golden Globes, unlike the Oscars, focus on both film and television, which incorporates streaming television such as Netflix, Hulu, Disney+, etc. The Hollywood Foreign Press is comprised of about 90 journalists from around the world. Specifically, it was founded by non-American or non-American-born film critics and journalists who were seeking the credentials to have closer access to to filmmakers and celebrities. Starting with their choice of a host for this year's show, the Hollywood Foreign Press signaled that it was not going to be a year for women or people of color. They chose as host, repeat host Ricky Gervais of the original Office UK version show, who is sort of a ho-hum version of a James Corden, you know, sort of a less talented, um, far less funny James Corden. And we, we've we seen it before, but we also find him at this particular moment embroiled in scandal. If you pay attention to transgender rights activism, you may recall that Ricky Gervais attempted to clap back at activists who took Harry Potter author J.K. Rowling to task for some comments that she made regarding gender and sex that were particularly offensive to the 
transgender community. Ricky Gervais decided to dive in and put his own opinions on the matter, which was not only unnecessary, but ill-timed ahead of tomorrow night's show. I will not dive too deep into the specifics on that matter as I do not want to trigger any LGBTQ listeners in my audience. I will let you do that research yourself. Suffice it to say that it was, again, ill-timed and sets a bad tone automatically for inclusivity in this year's award show. Interestingly enough, Billy Porter, one of the three black actors nominated in any of the categories for tomorrow night's show, is a nominee for best performance by an actor in a television series in the drama category. If Billy Porter wins his award tomorrow, then it will be interesting to see if he addresses Ricky Gervais's comments in his acceptance speech should he be giving one tomorrow night. And I hope I'm using the correct pronouns. Billy Porter is often referred to as he, particularly as it's noteworthy that he was the first openly gay black male to win a primetime Emmy, which happened just last fall. A groundbreaking moment for Pose, the show that he stars on, and for the LGBTQ movement as a whole. Some of Billy's Pose co-stars were righteously outraged at comments that were insensitively made by Chris Cuomo in a town hall with former primary candidate and California Senator Kamala Harris when he made a joke about Kamala identifying her pronouns as she, her, and hers. Distinctively ignorant in the moment as this was an LGBTQ town hall. So it'll be interesting to see if Billy takes Ricky to task for those remarks should he win tomorrow. Billy happens to be a nominee in one of the only categories tomorrow night that contains more than one non-white person if even containing one non-white person. And before we go into those who were nominated, I would like to spend some time talking about those who should have been and who were overlooked. And as I do, if you hear heavy breathing in the background, please don't be creeped out. That is my bulldog, Bo, or my pug, Otis. Neither of them can breathe particularly well, and they are in here with me where I'm recording because my children are in bed. So to go through the list of those who should have been nominated and weren't, or those who were nominated but not given proper accolades or given recognition for shows or films that celebrate diversity, here's what I've got. I'm heartbroken that the film Queen and Slim received no recognition. This film shines a light on the tendencies for law enforcement to stereotype and unfairly punish black people for the color of their skin. The performances in that film, um, specifically from Daniel Kaluuya, who we know from Get Out and from other major films that he's in. Bummer not to see him get a nomination. I'm specifically angry for Jodie Turner-Smith, who this was a breakout role for her. She's a model turned actress and she just commands the screen in this movie. She is such a powerful actress with a broad range of emotions and vulnerability and strength. I was moved every moment that she was in the scene. I went and saw the movie with a black friend and she pointed out to me as the audience emptied after the film was over 
a really climactic finale scene that I was one of the only white people in the theater and that the only white people who came to see the movie were there with friends of color. I think that goes to show you who is even seeking out strong content about people of color and I can just don't see that the Hollywood foreign press is doing a good enough job giving that content its due. HBO's The Watchmen, beloved by many of the listeners of this show, received zero nominations for its stellar premiere season, possibly only season. Regina King being overlooked is a particularly heartbreaking and painful snub. Regina holds up against every person nominated in that category for whether you're looking at this as a miniseries performance on television or a television drama series. She should have been nominated. Doesn't matter which category. and I don't really care how the foreign press categorizes this. I suspect that Watchmen in general was overlooked because it is heavy on African-American history, Black American history. These are foreign journalists who are voting and therefore may not be as familiar with Black history as Black Americans and white Americans are. Um, But it is a real shame. It would have been a chance for them to recognize a show that took a concept and turned it on its head, um, innovating the legendary graphic novels into something completely new, completely revitalized. The entire cast was snubbed. Jeremy Irons was snubbed. Um, All of the performances overlooked, the show overlooked. And HBO, by and large, seemed to have been snubbed more than some of the other networks or streaming services. We'll talk about that a little bit as well, but it was specifically painful to see Regina overlooked. She should have won this award and it is beyond disappointing not to see her name up there. Another major snub was Ava DuVernay's series for Netflix about the Central Park Five called When They See Us. If you haven't watched it already, I would advise you to look out for the trigger warnings if you are a survivor of sexual assault or if you're triggered by racial violence. Like The Watchmen, this is another series that deals largely with racism or racial tension in the United States, so again, maybe something that the Hollywood foreign press is not familiar with, but certainly warranted consideration and some accolade from the Golden Globes nominating committees. This was an incredibly diverse cast, and they did get a lot of glory at the Emmys, and it is surprising to see them overlooked for consideration here at the Golden Globe. Another surprise snub for HBO was their show Euphoria starring Zendaya who is a superstar triple threat talent and I have never seen her in a role like this one that she portrays on the show Euphoria. Really it's a strong ensemble cast but she shines as a teenager battling drug addiction and drug use. It is a vivid and eye-opening portrayal of teen life in the U.S. in this day and age, and it was disappointing not to see them acknowledged. And I'll move very quickly through the rest of my list of snubs. The film Hustlers, which featured a diverse cast led by Constance Wu and Jennifer Lopez, was roundly overlooked with the exception of Jennifer Lopez, who received a supporting actress nomination, which we are glad for. I saw that movie 
it was equal parts hilarious and heartrending. Um, so I'm glad to see Jennifer Lopez get the acknowledgement that she deserves for that role, but sad to see her co-star and truly the protagonist of that movie, Constance Wu, completely overlooked. Constance Wu, no nomination for Hustlers. Another innovative horror film from the mind of Jordan Peele, Us was snubbed and so was actress Lupita Nyong'o. Jordan Peele was snubbed in the director category. The animated feature film Abominable, which takes place in China and is immersed in Chinese culture and the story of sort of a yeti type creature that lives on Mount Everest. It is the most stunning, beautiful, musical, moving animated feature I have seen in quite some time and I have a seven-year-old daughter and a three-year-old son. So I see a lot of the animated films and I thought that if Abominable was going to be snubbed then the How to Train Your Dragon sequel or the third or fourth film in that series probably shouldn't have gotten a nomination either. Sorry for Your Loss, a show on Facebook Live which stars Elizabeth Olsen and features a diverse cast. For those unfamiliar, this is a show that takes what is a fairly taboo topic still in our society, which is grief and bereavement, and paints a sometimes almost too realistic portrayal of that experience through Elizabeth Olsen. It also features predominantly biracial marriage, biracial relationships. It features gay characters. It features a family comprised of adopted people of color. And having known some friends who lost children and spouses this year, as well as parents, seeing such a realistic portrayal of grief is healthy and seeing it portrayed as it impacts People across races, people across experiences and spiritualities is healthy and helpful to our society. Um, so I was surprised to see no acknowledgement for that show in its second season this year. There were some other surprising snubs that don't necessarily correlate to race, but do correlate to gender. While Saoirse Ronan received a Best Actress nomination for her turn as Joe Marsh in Greta Gerwig's film Little Women, Greta Gerwig was not nominated as in the Best Director category, and in fact, no women were nominated in the Best Director category, and only one person of color, Bong Joon-ho, the originator of Parasite, was nominated. The HBO show Succession was rewarded with a few nominations across a couple of categories, but Sarah Snook, who plays Shiv Roy, one of the best parts of that show, especially in the show's second season, was not nominated. And interestingly enough, Jeremy Strong, whose character undergoes probably the most important and dramatic transformation from season one to two, was also snubbed, while Kieran Culkin, um, who I'll admit is quite good in the show, was the only supporting actor nominated. And Brian Cox, who plays Logan Roy, was nominated also. And I think that's a sensible pick. Just again, disappointed to see them overlooking the strongest female character in the show, Sarah Snook. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who I think is a five-time Golden Globe winner for her role as Selena Meyer on Veep, was not nominated for the series finale season 
thought that that was a miss, but I also thought that it would have been an interesting opportunity to give her the Carol Burnett Award, which is instead going to Ellen DeGeneres this year, not to take away from the road that Ellen paved for LGBTQ actors and actresses to be out and all of the work that she has done. She continues to be very active in her career and Julia Louis-Dreyfus is overcoming breast cancer and just concluded her run on Veep, which is a wildly funny and well-written show um, but obviously that's sort of a dot 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 in her career and not necessarily a bookend but in, in a year when strong female performances were to be acknowledged I think there are some women in that category that we can go into a little bit later that didn't hold a candle to her and then finally The Farewell film that I loved it's beautiful um, Aquafina is really breakout performance for her I think she shows a side of herself that is vulnerable and loving and easy to like and sympathetic and empathetic and I love all of the characters in the film. It's not a foreign language film. I guess that you can call it a foreign film because it takes place predominantly in China and there are subtitles when the Chinese language is being spoken. However, she's nominated. Um, again, I'm glad to see that for best performance in an actress in a motion picture musical or comedy, and um, that is a comedic performance, but it's also a dramatic performance. And I liked The Farewell particularly because, as obviously a fan of podcasts and a host of a podcast, the film was based entirely on a story that was featured on This American Life, a true story. I won't spoil it by offering the premise here. But suffice it to say, I think that the Hollywood Foreign Press has work to do in understanding how it recognizes quote-unquote foreign films and then features the actors actresses in those films in the categories the same categories as their drama musical or comedies and again they're kind of fuzzy on what they identify in what category. Um, another good example of this is Jon Favreau's The Lion King which is not necessarily a animated film. It's sort of a live action film the way his version of The Jungle Book was, is nominated in that best animated film category. And I thought, huh, that's kind of strange. I get that that category is sort of a catch-all for audiences that skew younger, kind of more Disney type films, but um, it's not a Pixar or, or a traditionally animated or even digitally animated film film. So I think Jon Favreau didn't even know what to define it as, but that's there and Abominable is not. Speaking of Jon Favreau, another favorite series for listeners of this show, The Mandalorian received no nominations whatsoever. That's a bummer for me. I think Pedro Pascal earns every right to be in the same category as some of the folks nominated. And you know, that I think for Pedro Pascal, this was probably the toughest year for him to get into that category. Best performance by an actor in a television series drama. Some people are not huge fans of his performance as the Mandalorian or now as we know him Din Djarin. Um, however, I think his portrayal of the character is phenomenal. I think the challenge of acting behind a mask for seven and a half out of eight episodes and communicating with your body language and interacting with puppets and making everything feel so believable and real is pretty incredible. So it, that was a disappointment. But mostly this was disappointing to me because 
because it was an opportunity, I think, to nominate the series in its category, whether you call it a television series, musical or comedy or drama. It just feels wrong. Unless a blow against Jon Favreau, creator of this series, I think this is specifically unfortunate in its lack of recognition for strong female directing on that show. So Deborah Chow and Bryce Dallas Howard, their episodes were the most powerful and really strong um, directing by Taika Waititi. Also, I think that was a miss. One other interesting snub, I think the Hollywood Foreign Press might be snubbing this one to punish it for a really disappointing finale episode, but HBO's Game of Thrones received a nomination only for Kit Harington in that crowded best performance by an actor in a television series drama category. I'll just emphasize why that's crowded. It's because this is the category in which Brian Cox of Succession is nominated, Rami Malek from Mr. Robot is nominated, Tobias Menzies, who plays a phenomenal Prince Philip on The Crown, and Billy Porter, who we've talked about, are all in that category. So it would have been a tough year, again, for someone like Pedro Pascal to elbow his way in. However, Kit Harington is nominated. A lot of people felt that his portrayal of Jon Snow was sort of redundant and flat compared to some of the other performances, you know, such as Gwendolyn Christie as Brienne of Tarth, obviously Amelia Clark, take it or leave it in the finale episode. Some people bought it and some people did not buy the ending for her. I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it, but you really need to by now because, come on, it's been a year. I'm a huge fan of Sophie Turner and I think her performance is always, I think her performance demonstrated maturity far beyond her years in this season and last season of the show. Just so many great performances they could recognize and they didn't even give it a best series nod. Um, this all becomes slightly more infuriating <laughs> when you look at some of the people who were nominated. The issue of race and multiculturalism, intersectionality, because this is a Hollywood foreign press, it's sort of inexcusable to see the lack of diversity in the categories. So let's go through the nominees. We talked about Billy Porter. Let's talk about the two other black actors that were nominated for award. So again, we have three black actors and actresses who were nominated in all of the categories across film and television. Cynthia Erivo was nominated for her role as Harriet Tubman in the film Harriet. Glad to see that. That would have been an unforgivable snub. She's in a category with a lot of foreign press favorites, and I think they tend to gravitate towards, gosh, all of the other <laughs> all of the other nominees are blonde white women, so almost reads like the cover of a tabloid magazine. And so she's up against Scarlett Johansson for Mary story. I thought not one of Scarlett's best performances. It's a well-written movie and Adam Driver really shines, but Scarlett sort of underwhelmed me with that performance. Um, I thought her turn as Black Widow in Avengers honestly was more moving than her role in that film. Saoirse Ronan we talked about earlier for Greta Gerwig's Little Women. Charlize Theron is nominated for the film Bombshell. If you're paying attention to racism being front and center for the Hollywood foreign press, it's interesting that these Me Too films and shows are getting recognized, but it's a very white feminism. It's not an inclusive intersectional feminist movement, and that's, I think, why you see some of the snubs we discussed earlier and some of the miscategorizations of 
of nominees of color. Charlize Theron's up for bombshell for her portrayal of Megyn Kelly as one of the Fox News women who injured sexual harassment and or assault at their time at Fox News. Renee Zellweger for her portrayal of Judy Garland and I think that's going to be a Hollywood foreign press draw because it's a famous actress portraying one of the most famous actresses and they tend to really love those historic biopics especially about old Hollywood. The final black actor nominated is Eddie Murphy in the category for best performance by an actor in a motion picture musical or comedy in Dolomite is my name which is amazing and very funny and also sort of sardonic look at black culture, black history in a moment in time. Fortunately, Dolomite is my name, which is a almost all black ensemble cast with Craig Robinson and Michael Keegan Key and a number of really famous and really funny black actors and actresses is nominated in best motion picture in a category in the category of musical or comedy, which is I think always the weirdest category. It's up against rock Man, Jojo Rabbit, Knives Out, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which sort of mirrors the competitors that Eddie Murphy has to go up against because they're all from those films. You've got Roman Griffin Davis, who is uh, the child actor from Jojo Rabbit, uh, which is Taika Waititi's sort of sarcastic and bizarre take on Hitler and Hitler youth. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is likely to be another favorite of the Hollywood Foreign Press, Taron Egerton from Rocket Man for his portrayal of Elton John, and Daniel Craig from Knives Out. I think Eddie Murphy should win that award. Leonardo DiCaprio and Taron Egerton probably are favored odds-wise in, in the eyes of the Hollywood Foreign Press. I would, I would really hope to see Eddie win that award. Last year, the winner in that category was Green Book. I, again, don't understand why some of these... I just, I really struggle with why some of these are designated as musical or comedy because Green Book was up against Crazy Rich Asians and The Favorite and Mary Poppins Returns and Vice. And I guess comedy can be loosely extended to include dramas that are entertaining. Um, but, you know, two years ago, it was... Lady Bird, three years ago, Deadpool was no, was one of the nominees, which I think was a real surprise for the Hollywood Foreign Press. Um, La La Land, of course, won that year, so Deadpool didn't have a shot. The thing is that the Hollywood Foreign Press has always sort of historically hated or snubbed comic book-related movies and films. That is not true this year. They had an appetite for it. I guess they just had a, a very specific appetite for it because it, it seems to be the year of the joke. Joker. And I'm going to wrap it up for tonight now. We will do another episode complete with a panel of guests for whom this topic is very important and I can't wait to introduce you to them. I do hope that I'm wrong and that all of the people of color who are nominated win. However, I think a lot of harm has already been done in Hollywood and it's hard to undo it. And, and honestly, it's hard to even want to watch the show because of the closed-mindedness of the Hollywood foreign press. I do hope they do better next year. I do hope that some of the winners tomorrow night have the opportunity to call it out for what it is. And we'll pick up with our second episode on this after the awards. Can't wait to introduce you to the panel for that episode. Thank you so much for listening. And please stay tuned for our next episode on racism at the Golden Globes. 
something we really hope does not carry over into the Oscars. Until next time, pinkies up. This is your host, Brett Ashley, with high tea for monsters, rebel scum, and vigilantes, but certainly not for racists.